Let's enjoy today's message by Sam Adiemi. This is the ultimate capital number two. Genesis chapter one, verses 28 to 29, New Living Translation. Don't forget our theme for the month is financial increase. Genesis 1, 28, 29. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. So, According to God's word for us this year, there will be miraculous fruitfulness in your finances. The intervention of God will be evident in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Ah, this year, someone overcomes death finally in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Bad death finished finally in the name of Jesus. Dreams are coming to pass. I know, I know, oh, there's inflation. Oh, things are expensive. Mm-hmm. This year, ah, someone will acquire what they could not afford to acquire before now in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so last week we said turning seeds into harvest is God's principle for increase. So when God says increase, you just think about the whole principle and how it works and it is tied to the seed. The principle of the seed you know, it's one of the most creative principles God invented. Honestly, that one seed, I can take one seed, put it in the soil, and that it grows into something that never existed before. It's amazing. That has the capacity also to reproduce itself. It's a miracle, honestly. So if you want to experience increase in life, understand that principle. Tap into it. And what does it tell you straight ahead? You can start from small and grow into big. Mm. So don't forget the blessing in Genesis 1.28. Right? New Living Translation. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Come on. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So your dominion actually is tied to your being fruitful. And you can't be fruitful without being seedful. Pay attention to the seeds that God has positioned around your life. The small things that give you advantage, that that have the capacity to multiply, to expand. The small angles that give you leverage. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pay attention to the seeds that God has positioned in and around your life. You want to increase materially, you want to increase financially, pay attention to the seeds, the things that hold potential that God has positioned around your life. So let me go back to what we said last week, where we started from, that the ultimate seed is revelation. The ultimate seed is revelation. Yes. So take uh, the seeds of corn that you have right now. You know, and I'll ask you, so where did those ones come from? You say, oh, from the one that was planted. I say, okay, that one, where did it come from? From the one that was planted before it. And that one, where did it come from? You keep going back like that until eventually you meet the first one. (laughs) And you will find out 
that the first seed that was planted to produce the first generation of corn was a revelation. And God said, right? <laughs> the ultimate seed is revelation. When it is mixed with soil, with something material in this world, it creates value. Mm -hmm. So the first seed that God put in the soil created plants, created animals. Think about the creation of Christ himself, right? He's stepping into our planet. John 1.14 says, and the word became flesh, right? <laughs> and dwelt amongst us. It was revelation that God introduced to Mary, right? Told her she would conceive and bear a son. When she asked, how will it happen? I've never even slept with a man. He said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. So wherever you have revelation, you have divine power there, ready to create. Thank you, Jesus. Ready to create. Ready to create. So I'm drawing your attention again. We're, we're discussing here how it works in God's system, right? I'm drawing your attention to the fact that revelation is the most powerful store of value. That was what God used to create our world. That is what you used to create value here. Okay? Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know one beautiful thing about revelation? It changes you before it changes your circumstances. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Revelation changes you before it changes your circumstances. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. New Living Translation. Acts 20, 32. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. So the revelation is able to build you up and then to give you your inheritance. Isn't that powerful? It puts more power in the magnet first. <laughs> the magnet can attract its value. Mm. You say, mm, revelation will change me. <laughs> of course. I, mean, I sat in the engineering class for some years, and at the end of the day, I passed the exams. They gave me a certificate and said I'd become an engineer. What happened? I sat just by sitting down and listening and absorbing absorbing what was said and adjusting my thinking to what was said. Come on. Revelation will first recreate you as a person, redefine you, reinvent you. Revelation will awaken the hero within you. That's what I'm saying. Because if, if your finances are going to change, you've got to change from inside. It's not when the millions enter your account that you become a millionaire. When you become a millionaire, then the millions have no choice but to enter your account. Right? It comes from the heart. It's inside. So many people don't know that's actually what it is with rich people. That they believe they're rich. You've got to shift your belief about yourself. So that's the first thing Revelation will do. Because God will tell you this is who you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God tells you, this is who you are. Should we pick a biblical example? Abraham. Abraham. Romans 4. Romans 4, 16 to 18. Romans 4. New Living Translation. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. 
and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Verse 17, the technology. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. This is an explosive passage. <laughs> that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you, not I will make you. Nothing had changed in the physical, but God said, I have made you the father of many nations. So from that moment, his name changed. Did God not change his name? God eventually changed his name from Abraham to Abraham. I have made you. <laughs> I have made you a millionaire. I have made you a billionaire. I have made you CEO of a global corporation. I have made you. Hallelujah. So that's why I say, when revelation comes, it recreates you. Thank you, Jesus. Father of not one nation, many nations, and physically speaking, the man had no child. Revelation will first change you, awaken the hero in you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hmm. Is there someone who is, who is feeling something? Are you, are you feeling something happening on the inside? Because that's where the change happens. God said, I have made you father of many nations. Now, even though things had not changed physically, then verse 18 says, even where there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. So this is my recommendation. Number one for today. Remember what I said. To get the first set of plants, the first set of animals, God mixed revelation with the soil. To produce the first man, he mixed his own spirit with the soil. <laughs> if you want God to change your status, mix revelation with your brain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You say, ah, which, what did you say? Which one is this? <laughs> is that not what Abraham did? He mixed revelation with his brain. They said he was hoping, even when physically speaking, everything went bad. If I go read that passage when you get home, Romans chapter 4, Sarah's womb, they said it was as good as dead. They said Abraham himself got to the point where he couldn't even father any child anymore. But Abraham had mixed the revelation with his brain. That was his own reality. Hallelujah. Mix revelation with your brain. So they said against hope, he was hoping. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You say, what's the scriptural basis for what you are saying? It's sounding, sounding sweet. <laughs> Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't mix your circumstances with your brain. Don't mix the lack of money in your account with your brain. Don't allow anybody to define you by your circumstances. Come on. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Mix revelation with your what? Brain. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. You know what happens? Revelation makes you a co-creator with God. Remember, it was revelation that he used to create everything. Hebrews 11.3, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that are seen were not made from things that are visible. So when you choose to build your life with a revelation, you become a co-creator with God. That's why I wrote the book, Ideas Rule the World. I explained it there. Revelation gives you capacity for dominion in our world. Mix it with your brain. Redefine yourself. Call yourself who God has called you. And if you're going to do that, there's absolutely no no reason in the world why you should call yourself poor. Don't allow the world system to name you wrongly. Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? You say, oh, some say you are Isaiah, some say you are Jeremiah. That's it. People want to fit you into existing molds. He said, okay, you, who do you say that I am? And then Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, my father in heaven. What was Jesus saying? I will never build my identity on what people say. Never. Not on this world's structures. I'm going to call myself who God has called me. Someone say with me, that is if you're a child of God, I can never be poor again the rest of my life. Hallelujah. Okay. You may leave here and somebody may say, eh, eh, they've done to you what they do in church again. (laughs) They've confused you. It's fine. Let me stay confused and confused and confused until... My breakthrough shows, my blessing shows. Amen. Because God cannot lie. Did Abraham not father the child? Abraham produced the child at the age of 100. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Good. So how does this affect your finances? Well, money is a means of exchange of value. Never forget that. So here in this, that we don't deceive ourselves. Money is a means of exchange of value. There was a time when money was not in exchange. They did trade by butter, right? You had something from your farm. I had something else from my farm. We exchanged them. Then they invented money to represent the value of those products and of services. Money is a means of exchange of value. But I want to state again, Within the context of God's system, revelation is the most powerful store for value. So when God gives you revelation, what do you do? You mix it with something on the earth plane, right? To create something that is useful to meet people's needs. That is how... A believer can make money. Some people take ideas, whether they come from God or not. It's it's the way it runs all over the world. So it doesn't matter whether you are religious or not, because these are just basic principles. But they take ideas, the idea for a chair. They have the design for a chair in their head, right? 
or some furniture, right? Or for some equipment, they create it because it's meeting somebody's need, they sell it, right? That's all. So take revelation, mix it with something. Create what will solve a problem for someone. We are fine, right? Simple. Good. And do you know that process of taking revelation and mix it, mixing it with something to create product services, what is valuable to people, is what God calls work? Go read Genesis chapter 1 again. That's what he calls work. <laughs> taking ideas, taking revelation, mixing with something in, in this earthly plane, creating what is useful for people. That is what God calls work. That's sweet work, man. Good. Um, so the first level of work, hmm? first level of work is for you to mix revelation with your brain. That is work, mental work, okay? And it yields a lot more value than, you know, just mixing things physically, right? Good. <laughs> mix revelation with your brain. It will change your status, change how you see yourself. You will become <laughs> like someone used to say, a comedian used to say many years ago, acting big man, right? The acting millionaire or acting billionaire. Mix revelation with your brain. Joseph did. Joseph did. Genesis 37, God gives him a dream. He sees himself at the top, right? He mixed it with his brain, definitely, because he said it out, right? He had some dreams. And when you get to Genesis 39, it tells us in verse 1 that Pharaoh, a top military officer in Egypt, bought Joseph from the slave market. And then verse 2 says that Joseph was a successful man. He was a prosperous man. <laughs> and then it's not adding up because this guy was bought like a piece of furniture. He's a slave. But God calls him a prosperous man, a successful man. You know why? He mixed revelation with his brain. And the level of work he was doing in Potiphar's house was palace class work. Mix revelation with your brain. When Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10 verse 30, I and my father are one. What was that? That's mixing revelation with your brain. Because verse 31 says the people took up stones to stone him. He said, hold on. For which of the miracles I did are you going to stone me? He said, no, 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 we're not stoning you because of any of the miracles. So we want to stone you because you, being a man, make yourself God. You can imagine what was running through their head. You and your father are one, and they knew he was talking about God. God, your father, you. When even your physical father, your earthly father, where we've still not resolved that issue. Because your mom became pregnant and said it was not Joseph. She said it was the Holy Spirit. Have you seen anybody that Holy Spirit was their father before? Okay, so, and eventually we agreed, you started using Joseph's name in school and all of that, yeah, we agreed. No, that's my paraphrase, right? <laughs> so we decided to overlook the whole matter. You came back, now you said, God is your father. Can you see that? So to them, he was crazy. That's why they wanted to take stones, to stone him. When you get ready to call yourself what God called you, whether anybody understands it or not, come on. 
Christ mixed revelation with his brain. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So the second level of work. The second level of work. Offering something of value that solves problems for people. Hmm? If you sell a medicine, right? Yeah, you are solving health problems. If you build a school or you're a teacher, you're solving the ignorance problem. If you write a book and you sell it, you're solving the ignorance problem. That's one of the biggest problems in the world, by the way. Right? Um, if you sell furniture, you're solving problems, am I right? If you build houses or you sell them or you rent them out, you're solving the shelter problem. That's a big problem, isn't it? If you sell food, you're solving the hunger problem or the thirst problem. Human beings have needs. We will always ever have needs. I'm just saying that as a child of God who has access to revelation from God, you've got to mix revelation with something, either offer the revelation directly to solve problems, which is possible. Just say what God said, and you see miracles happen in people's lives. Am I right? Yeah, that's the job of us pastors, right? Or you mix the revelation, the idea that God gave you with something and create something that has value. Back to Joseph. Okay? So Pharaoh the king in Egypt had a dream. Or had two dreams in one night. Joseph happened to have the gift, the talent for interpreting dreams. He interpreted it. That was problem solving. Right? Right? It was a revelation, right? To understand the dream. It was a revelation. But beyond that, he then profiles a solution. Let's do, 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 do this over the next 14 years. Right? He was solving problems. And he rose literally to the top. You've got to solve problems. You've got to meet needs. Hmm? Mix revelation with something to solve problems. That takes me to 2 Kings 4. The widow that ran to Elisha the prophet and said, oh, they want to take my two sons to be slaves. My husband died. He was owing a lot of money. They want to take my two sons. The creditors want to take my two sons. Second Kings 4. And the prophet says, what do you want me to do for you? Wait, wait, wait. What do you have in the house? She said, your handmaid has nothing but just a small jar of oil. I said, I'm just looking for something that God can use. Okay, so you go home, you know, take that small jar of oil. Go and borrow large barrels from people, okay? Bring them into your house, shut, close the window and door because people will think you are crazy. Then take from that, that small jar and begin to pour the oil into the big barrels. Revelation mixed with the small jar of oil. That was a miracle flow. <laughs> All the barrels filled. The prophet said, go sell them. Pay your debt. Live on the rest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ah, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare right now, the curse of poverty that Satan placed over either a territory or family or wherever, I declare right now, the curse is destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. Those general terminologies that they place on people that may have classified anyone that is a part of this service as poor. I declare that classification is dead. That identity is destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, 
Paul the Apostle <laughs> does that mixing of revelation with your brain. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's no longer I that live. It is Christ that lives in me. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I remember the story of a man, and I close with this. R.G. Lutonil. R.G. Lutonil lived in the U.S. some decades back. A Christian. Had an unusual experience. If you can find the book, Mover of Men and Mountains. His story is in the book. Had only elementary school, right? Primary school education. Was a mechanic. And then one day, one day, some missionaries came to their church to raise financial support for their work. Himself and his wife made a commitment. And then he just found out. Anytime they gave like that <laughs> to support God's work, he would have a dream. In the dream, he saw eight moving equipment, a mechanic. So he would wake up, draw what he saw in the dream, had to involve industrial engineers at some point and began to manufacture earth-moving equipment. The first man in the U.S. to manufacture earth-moving equipment, right? Um, bulldozers, scrapers, loaders, and things like that. Can you imagine a man with elementary school education? And it was from dreams he had in the night. He got the dreams when he gave. Can you, can you for a minute, for a minute, can you see where a lot of Christians get the equation mixed up right now? Yeah, I, I, I know some people are having problems with people giving, you know. But when you read your Bible, what you will see is that while we are doing the giving and missing what my friend Mr. Leke Older calls the last mile, the practical side of this thing, what I am calling today the mixing of revelation with something on earth, that's what we're missing. R.G. Lutonio did not just dream and call himself a millionaire or billionaire. He actually went into the workshop. They designed, they drew things, they manufactured. When they ran into a problem, he would go back again to the dream. Say, mm, that's not how I saw it in the dream. This is this part. This is how I saw it in the dream. They would redesign. They would. He became a billionaire. During the World War, the U.S. Army was ordering bulldozers from him and Mars that they were taking to the war. The man had to expand his factories, build new ones, billionaire flying private jets in the 40s and 50s. A Christian that had only elementary school education. Don't carry this revelation around. I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire. Yeah, you are in the spirit. Enjoy your Rolls Royce in the spirit realm. <laughs> Mix it with something. Don't miss church next week because we're going to discuss, <laughs> right? We're going to discuss the different ways that you earn money. Practical, right? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Will you just go ahead and, and, and say thank you, Jesus? Just thank God, right? Thank God that we have Christ. Thank God that we have the Holy Spirit. Thank God that we have access to revelation. Please go ahead and give thanks right now. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you because you said the Holy Spirit will teach me all things. He will show me things to come.
thank you because I will never be stranded again the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, you said you watch over your word to perform it. So in the mighty name of Jesus, I, I, I present to you my brothers and sisters and myself right now. And I ask, sweet Holy Spirit, move over our minds. Move over our hearts. Touch our imagination. Give us ideas. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, change us from the inside. Give us a revelation of our new status. Change somebody's financial situation today, Heavenly Father. Let your power move to give us new testimonies. In Jesus' name. I want to pray right now for the person who says, well, I don't have a good relationship with God. Can you pray with me? God bless you for your honesty. God bless you. Can you put your hand on your heart? Say, Lord, say, say this prayer after me. Lord, in Jesus' name, I believe right now that you love me and send Jesus Christ to die for me. So I ask you to forgive me my sins. And then Heavenly Father, begin to speak to me. Show me how you see me. And I know that will change my life. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that just said this prayer right now. Your word says, if we say we have no sin, we lie and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, you love us and you forgive us. So thank you for forgiveness of sins. Thank you more than that. You remove the nature of sin from us and put your own nature there to help us live right. Above all, Father, teach them to know you personally. Teach them to love you, to learn to love you and to love other people the rest of their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Congratulations. Woo.